When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And a very good morning, everyone. Welcome. Breakfast with Pat and Hills. Well, I think Hills is here. You've had the, the day from hell. Well, it wasn't the day from hell. You were celebrating <laughs> the heat victory. Then you had to rush from the Sydney studio to the plane and then uh, make it up oh. here and join the commentary team at the test match yesterday. Well, the plane was too hot. And on Australia Day, you're back out there again today. Yeah, that's exactly right. If, mm. Well, we can call it Australia Day, but I don't think they will be at the Gamma. No. I'll be just calling it. Have a good holiday, everyone. Yeah, have a good long Is weekend. Is this a holiday today? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, the plane sitting on the tarmac. I needed to, you know, be pretty precise with everything. It it was too hot to get into. Mm-hmm. Thirty nine degrees. Now, the Brisbane heat had been in town <laughs> in and every sense of the word. <laughs> we took the trophy home, and the planes were all too hot, even. So uh, yeah, I then put a little bit of pressure on the other end, driving back to home to quickly freshen up and mm-hmm. get to the Gabba. Uh, got there. Got mm-hmm. there. Not quite in time. But, uh, yeah, it was a really hot day. It was a hot day. And by the end of the last night, nice play, the Australians were struggling. Yeah, yeah they were doing it quite tough. So it had taken its toll. Well, it Nathan was. Lyon had dealt with something. I, I don't know whether I've, I haven't read in the paper today what it was, but he was off the, on and off the field a couple of times. Uh, hopefully it's not that calf of his. No. Well, it was, it was thinking hot. It wasn't all day. Yeah. It was... I felt, you know, obviously it was whoever won the toss was going to bat. And uh, they did, the West Indies, and uh, they ran into a lot of trouble in that first session. I'll talk about that in a minute. I just wanted to uh, acknowledge, and I know um, um, we've already done it on the news this morning, but uh, our Australia Day winners, and I I love when people like this win it, the um, melanoma research uh, pioneers from the University of Sydney, Professor Georgina Long and Professor Richard Scully. Professor Richard is already battling his own health dramas, he's got uh, brain cancer, but they have just undergone unbelievable pioneer research into melanoma that have, and they've saved thousands of lives. Have they? Yeah. They're saying literally thousands of lives. They've removed, in a lot of cases, the need for invasive surgery and chemo and radiation and all that sort of thing mm. with their their immunotherapy research. So you know, congratulations. You know what it is? Is it an injection? Is it a tablet? No, I don't know. No. No, okay. Well, I'm look, look forward to reading about that. Yeah. But, uh, and it sounds like it's more than just research. They've moved on to exec- yeah, yeah, yeah. execution. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Um, Christina Matthews. Uh, was uh, was honoured as well. She was a, a pioneer over in WA, wasn't she? Played I don't know. For, what do you mean, being a female administrator? Well, played for Australia and then uh, then administrator as well. Yeah, she's a New South Welshman. Okay, woman. Uh, when she played as a keeper for Australia, yep. uh, and uh, v- very good uh, mentor to young wicket keepers mm-hmm. in the female game, i.e., Elisa Healy, and 
then went to WA for some reason. I don't even know what how that happened and took on the CEO's job and yeah. and took on a pretty restless board. Yeah. Didn't talk, take it on, had to work with it. And uh, at times it's been against it and she's run out of puff, I think. And our Queensland-based record-breaking Olympic medalist, Emma McKeon, is the young Australian mm. of the year. What's that criteria, you reckon? Well, I don't know. Just the, the, the I don't know, the ability to inspire the youth, I suppose, yeah, okay. the, the younger ones yes. in Australia. So she's she's about 28, isn't she, Emma? Yeah. 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 So she, seven medals, uh, a record-breaking seven medals in a single games in Tokyo, and she's now got 11 in total. There was other Olympians on it. Um, Olympic vi- AAC Vice President, Olympic fencer Evelyn Halls, basketball, oh, baseball Oz Prez, and, and Atlanta Olympian David Hines, a dual Olympic hockey, uh, and the current AAC athletes rep Rachel Lynch. And the one that I'm rapt about, you, know, you probably met him around Brisbane quite a lot, uh, Olympic silver medalist uh, in a posthumous award here, the late uh, three-time Olympian Rick Mitchell. Great bloke. Uh, Do you ever meet him around Brisbane? No, no, just spoke to him yeah. on his radio shows over time. Yeah. Loved his cricket. And, uh, yeah. This, this was a bit alarming for me, to tell you the truth. He gets the Order of Australia for the silver medal that he won in Moscow in 80 and, and for a lot of his work that he yeah. did uh, afterwards as well. But he is the last individual men's Olympic track and field medal winner. 1980. Been a long time. Is I he? mean, that's why we lionise the likes of Cathy Freeman and... Uh, you know, um, Debbie, what, what Debbie is he? Flintock. The last last male. The last, yeah, he was 400. So the last male individual medalist that we've had in the, at Olympic Games in track and field. Mm, so Pete, Peter Bowl, he fell short, didn't he? Yeah. He came fourth, didn't he? No, 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 on the track. So Jack is just saying, what about Jai Tarima? He was long jump. I mean, yeah. obviously we've our, our field athletes have performed brilliantly, mm. you know, but. Um, we had Maddie, Maddie Denny at the heat. Okay. Yes, he spoke uh, pre-match, yeah. uh, probably the Scorchers game. Yeah. Uh, not not at the end of the season. Yeah. So it was so great got, to catch up with him. The likes of Steve Hooker and all that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah on the that's track. field on track. So yes, Peter yes. Bowl was our closest. Is, would that be right? And be did he come closest, fourth? Yeah. He came fourth. And yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, okay, come on, come on, Aussies. And Paralympic and, legend Ellie Cole. All right, well, let's get down. Oh, she's a good swimmer. Let's get down to the cricket. Well, I, well, I was pleased to read in the paper today that. Uh, our predictions, and someone's done an analysis of Paris medals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the tally is going to be a record one for Australia. They think so, yeah. Ah, that's good. Yeah, I think we over exaggerated last year, didn't we? No, that was with the athletics team in the World Championships. They mm. didn't come up to scratch. So come on, come on, let's go. Yeah, the forecasts are good for Paris. Actually, I had a lovely email the other day from Anna Mears, who's our chef de mission. Uh, I helped organise to get her to All speak right. at the Northcliffe luncheon where she just wowed them, had 400 blokes in the palm of her hand. They just hung on her every word. She was fantastic. Anyway, she's one of the, the busiest young ladies in Australian sports. She's in Paris at the moment on uh, chef de mission duties. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I got a lovely email from her. It was great to catch up and, you know, I'm really looking forward to what's going to be a challenging year. Oh, very good, mate. Yeah. Very good. What did she dress in that day? Um, <laughs> I can't remember to tell you the truth. It was a dress, I think. Yeah, it was just a, a dress, I think. Because she's in Paris, mate. I'm wondering, will she enjoy that side of Paris as well as having like to do Chanel work, work, and all work. that sort of thing. Yes, yeah. the fashion. Christian I think Dior. it might even be catwalk time over there. <laughs> there was a, I saw a photo of Naomi Campbell wowing them again. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Look at you go. Fashion week in Paris. I don't know when it's on. Okay. Milan. No, uh, but well, I wanted to know what was on her. Well, she had a dress on. You know, a dress. Yeah. You know, mm. Was it puffy? 
It was, was tight. Yeah, it was a little puffy. She said, <laughs> what, what she did say, what she did say, that for you the first time. You could compare one of these things, mate. For I'm the first you, that's time. Good. Uh, have a look at this little puffy number. <laughs> <laughs> she did say for, for the first time in a long time she's able to fit in the jeans. Because she, you know, she was so powerful. Oh, you talked about her one-legged leg lifts, uh, I've leg never presses. Seen any, never seen anything more impressive. Uh, after struggling my way through gym sessions all, all my life, she's just there bouncing 250 kilos on the leg presses, yeah. one leg presses. Anyway, so you can't you can't have that and fit into jeans as well. No, but uh, she can fit into jeans now, so she's very oh, proud no. of herself. But yeah. no, she was, God, she's good. She, she might is be down to 200 kilograms now. <laughs> um, hey, we're here for MFP Easy. They voted Queensland's best fibreglass pool builder. Go and check them out. They're advertising strongly at the moment. And Hyundai, the Hyundai SUV sale event is on right now. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, cricket, tennis, lots of things happening. 13, 13, 55. It's the Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line. Or you can text us, 0467 736 736. Uh, of course, you're involved in SEN's coverage of the test. Starts again at 1 o'clock today. You'll get it on SENQ 693 AM, SEN Gold Coast 1620 AM, or on the SEN app. Now, we'll catch up with uh, all the latest stuff from the tennis, as the, uh, from the cricket as the morning goes on. Brett Phillips will join us uh, with an update um, from Melbourne Park Arena. Samba Lenka will get a chance to defend her title. So for the first time since uh, Victoria Azarenka uh, over a decade ago, uh, that was uh, look. They were both engrossing matches. I was, I was doing what most people do, I suppose, switching last night. Um, but there was uh, there was I don't know a few mistakes in both games. Uh, okay, unforced errors. We'll talk to Brett about that. But Sabalenka saw off Coco Golf, which was the elite match of the women's draw. There's no doubt about that. Two v four, seven six six four, and then of course Quinwin Zhang who we've heard so much about from Brett, just how good this young Chinese player will be. She ended the giant killing run of Ukraine qualifier Diana Yastrzemska, 6-4, They've only met once, Sabalenka dominating their US Open quarterfinal last year. So we'll hear all about that from Brett. And, of course, today, men's semifinal day, uh, we start off with uh, Djokovic and Sinner. Djokovic has got this, this is his third game in a row during the daytime. Uh, I don't know whether he likes or dislikes that. I mean, he's a 10-time um, champion. You think he'd get to play wherever he wants. Definitely. Mm. No, you do, don't you? Um, you can pick what you when you want to play. Does he want to play there? Well, oh, I don't know. He's he's won his last two, obviously, in the in the daytime. Yeah, he's and... lost out to Dimonor one night, and I think Sino Rublev the other night. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he must be okay with it. Yeah, well, he's got center today. And, and so uh, prime time is uh, Medvedev and Zverev. Yeah, and they, they don't like, like each other. No, no, they've had sportsmanship problems, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, they're both sure. a bit fiery. Mm. So that, that could – although I see that they've only handed out 100-odd thousand in fines this year. So that's pretty good, they say. Most of the players have been well behaved. Yes, well done. Well, no well Nick's injured. Yeah. So, so there's 50 <laughs> gone begging. <laughs> The tour is going to go broke. <laughs> hey, the other one with a the cricket theme, Matty Ebden, the, the great Aussie, oh, yeah. he's through to the doubles final with the 43-year-old Ron Bapana, obviously the Indian ledge. So he has a very close relationship with Sachin Tendulkar. So apparently in the press conference uh, after they won, uh, Matty Ebden, you know, he, Bapana was asked about this. Oh, have you heard from Sachin? He said, oh, yeah, he sent me a congratulatory text and all that. So he said, he was there at Wimbledon watching me play this year, blah, blah, blah. He's 43. I mean, he's just breaking all records for oh, age. Probably. And no knees. Yeah. Well, no knees. How do you keep playing that as well as that? Well, apparently Matty's interjected. 
He said, uh, oh, he said, is there going to be another dinner? He said, oh, we'll catch up with the great man somewhere around the world. He said, well, I'm inviting myself. He said, yeah. I, want to, I want to come to dinner with with Tendulkar. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hang, hang in there, Matt. We'll, you win us another title and we'll, we'll invite you. Right, let's have a look at this test match. They lost four for 22 pre-lunch and... Uh, me, like many others at home, were saying, well, here we go again. This could be over in two days. I bet uh, the cricket authorities were in a similar vein. Uh, they went to lunch at five for 60. Oh, they were five for 64 at some stage. And then we get Josh De Silva and all-rounder Kevin, Hod- uh, Kevin Hodge uh, combining in 149 run standings. Yes. And they showed a bit of ticker, didn't uh, they? One of the best partnerships that the, the anyone has made against the Australian attack mm-hmm. uh, in the year. So that's great. Um, they the 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 effort by the West Indian batsmen were was obvious right from the word go. Then they fell into that bit of a hole. Uh, they, they lost their captain, who's way out of touch. Craig Braithwaite, uh, uh, he was gone for four. Then then Chanderpaul hung around. His form is dipped, has dipped uh, this since he was here last year. But he got twenty one from forty eight and started to find his feet and looked pretty good before Stark ripped him out. And, Kirk McKenzie, 21. They were, they were trying their hardest. Then they collapsed. And then straight after lunch or whatever it's called, it's called um, tea, is the first break, the 40-minute yeah. break. The long break. Comes at, comes at 4 o'clock yeah. uh, is called tea. Uh, and straight after that, they scored a run of ball. They, were th- they scored 35 runs straight after tea uh, in half an hour. Mm. And then they really bunkered down. And uh, batted very, very well. Did De Silva and Hodge? Yeah, there's not too many uh, hundred plus partnerships against this bowling attack. I think it ranked in the top ten all time. Well, yeah, well, well, it's two. The, uh, it's second, and then someone the best other than that for the summer is like seventy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's six sixteen, and uh, I should have mentioned along with the Australia Day honours right at the top of the show. I mean, we're obviously feeling for our friends in the north. Daylight starting to appear up through Townsville, etc. cetera. Uh, Vanessa's just walked into the studio. Have we got updates on how, how it went as Kiralee made landfall around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock last night? Yeah, we did. So, yeah, that, that was um, what we heard. It had strengthened to a Category 3 system before making landfall, but as it crossed the coast, it was a Category 2 event, which is still very dangerous and uh, very intense. So it, there was plenty of heavy rain. Those destructive winds, I think, were the key part of it. Uh, people who are up there have been talking on TV this morning about just hearing the how, you know, it was the noise that really kind of shook people a little bit. Um, of course, some of those effects are that 50,000 at least are without power still this morning. In the last couple of days, residents up there were told to stock up with a few days worth of food and essentials. So hopefully everyone affected by power outages is uh, is very well prepared there. Now, it has already this morning been downgraded to a tropical low, so no longer a cyclone and that is good news for the inland parts but of course still some very heavy rain expected Mm. around large parts of Queensland just today and the next few days. Um, Power lines did come down there were some boats ripped from moorings but as the sun is just coming up now yeah um, crews will be out inspecting the damage and helping people who need it Um, but at this stage also no reports of any injuries or deaths or anything like that so hopefully it stays that way and that the recovery is not too Mm. full on. Was it Townsville that was most in the 
Yeah, yeah. Pretty much Townsville is where it made impact, um, just a little bit out. But, yeah, that's the main area. Okay. All right. Mm. I see they were trying to get uh, Townsville Airport back online some stage today. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, look, a very different long weekend for the people up there. Mm. But we wish our brothers and sisters up there all the best, don't we? Now, of course, it is the long weekend and the Governor-General has given his, uh, you know, annual address marking Australia Day. He says we should focus on unity and there will, of course, be plenty of celebrations and protests around the Mm. country today. And look... this is not about sparking debate. I think it's just about respecting that there are different views and uh, that people can make their own decisions as to how they do mark the day. But here in Brisbane and the southeast, we do have a few events happening at Southbank. There's an Australia Bites event, so that's kind of a food-focused pop-up stalls, but things like that. Bank. Yeah, at oh, Southbank, cool. so well, you, you can <laughs> pop down and visit the Riverside Green for all sorts of uh, music as well. Burgers. Are they yeah. traditional Aussie fans? Very, very traditional in my house, I can tell you. Um, oh, there's fireworks, <laughs> yeah. There's fireworks happening at Bribey Island tonight. No city fireworks this uh-huh. year, um, but Bribey Island is where to head uh, Brennan Park there if you want to see some fireworks. Uh, and there is also an Invasion Day rally happening. Protesters are meeting at Queen's Garden from nine and marching to Musgrave Park. So that's also a peaceful annual event that happens. So yep. uh, no matter how you want to mark the day, there's plenty to do. Maybe eat a lamington or two. When's Deary got the um, cockroach, ro- cockroach races? I think they're tomorrow, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the bridge. Yeah. Oh, gross. Mm. I can't think of anything worse. I'll um, bring the bug spray. Well, it's not easy to run fast <laughs> with those little legs. Actually, there's crab races happening somewhere as Probably well, I Gantaros. saw. Probably the Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how are your lamington skills? Oh, good, yes. Yeah. I have made lamingtons over the years. I haven't made any yet this year, so maybe today. But, okay. um, yeah, don't mind a lamington. I mean, it's a bit fiddly because you've got to make the cake and then you've got to do the dip mm. and, you know, you've got to get the right consistency there. But, oh, they're a winner, mm. yes. All right. Hey, listen, we best get to a break at 6.20. Keep us up to date when you once, you know, as daylight emerges up yeah. there and they're starting to get uh, a bigger picture of what has happened since uh, Curly made landfall. And uh, we'll check on uh, you, uh, you know, right through the morning. It's just are you gone now, since... Are you now informing our news legend <laughs> what to do? Well, our news <laughs> ledge has a lot of things to do in the newsroom. I'm just saying that we would love to have her back in the studio at some point just for an update. Is that <laughs> okay with you? think she was going to neglect the cyclone. <laughs> well, I mean, just given that you're dominating the SEN airwaves <laughs> okay. now, I mean, you're just taking control of everyone. Just stay here, Vanessa. It's six, right. 6.21. Yeah. Thank you, Vanessa. All right, the racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for your Queensland racing fix. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit thegamblinghelponline.org.au. Chris Nelson, the racing section of the paper today reads like war and peace. Heels is completely confused. He's not quite sure. He said they're racing at Eagle Farm today. Eagle Farm. (laughs) It is. It is when they have public holidays. Uh, on Fridays, and we have meetings in town, which is a good thing. Great mm. to see a meeting at Eagle Farm on a public holiday. Yep. It does get a little confusing, doesn't it? Well, it's not easy for tipsters. No, Ooh. it's not easy for tipsters, <laughs> punters, anyone concerned. But, uh, no, it's a good time. It's good to have for all these meetings. And as I said, I love seeing uh, Metro meetings on public holidays. So we've got the Kilcoy meeting as usual. Oh, sorry, the Bow Desert meeting as usual. But um, we've also got Eagle Farm, which is great. All right. Well, see if you can help the poor old punters out there. And it is Kilcoy, not Bow Desert. Kilcoy. Yeah. All, all right. right. The steak so sandwiches are, are Kilcoy. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, they'll go down well today. Uh, are we talking about Eagle Farm today or the Sunshine Coast tomorrow well, or both? Look, it's entirely in your hands. You're the boss of this segment, so you tell me where oh. you'd like to go. Well, let's have a little Australia Day multi at Eagle Farm. Oh, and we'll include one of your horses. Yep. We'll include one of your horses, and that is race three, number 11, Caxton Lass. Ah. Gee, she can't draw a barrier, though. I must admit, she draws out all the time. But she uh, she was scratched on Wednesday, as we know. She ran well first up. She was wide. So if she just can get some luck there, I think she'll be hard to beat. So race three, number 11, Caxton Lass. Well, Benny Thompson she, aboard. Two. Does race, she ride on the, on yes. the speed? Chris, does, does Caxton no, last I, get in front or like to hang in behind? I think she'll go back from that wide barrier heel. Yeah, okay. I think she'll she'll just go back and uh, and Benny Thompson will ride her very uh, quietly and they've got that long, long eagle farm straight to make the ground. So there's no use bustling forward, getting caught wide in this situation. So that's what they'll do. And she, do it, she is uh, in the race. Go. In the paper, she's an emergency. Oh, well, what have we got scratchings-wise? We're done to get final scratchings for another hour, so okay. keep an eye on that. Hopefully we get one. We haven't got one as yet, so mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Uh, and we'll take the other leg being race six, number three, last chance saloon, Michael Rod, David Van Dyke. If you get a chance, have a look at the replay of this last run. Absolute good thing beaten was last chance saloon. Should have won easily. Ran into backsides twice in the straight. Uh, Michael Rod jumps on here. I think we'll be winning. And has, has got a marvel. It's well, out of barrier one. Yes, that's the Eagle Farm. So should they both run, we'll go the multi. Should mm-hmm. they not both run, we'll just back Last Chance Saloon. And right click there and jump into tomorrow's big day where we have the Sunshine Coast Cup as the feature race. Obviously, uh, the track condition will probably end up being good now after uh, being under threat the whole meeting early in the week, but that's not the case now. So 35 degrees and a hot day on the sunny coast. Race one, number two, Ringer's Reward, and race six, number five, Golden Boom are the shorties. I think they're both good things, particularly Golden Boom. Uh, he's back from the Gold Coast first up. He'll strip fitter for that. And Ringer's Reward in race one, well, she's just looking for 1,600 metres, and she gets it mm-hmm. against very average opposition. So there's there's a couple there at shorter odds. The Cup, race eight, I reckon number five, Chatty Lady at around 7 or $8 is a really good bet here. She comes out of the buffering. Uh, she was back in the field there from a wide gate, but she did run on quite well. She ticks a lot of boxes tomorrow, guys. You'd be crazy not to have something each way. Race eight, number five, Chatty Lady. And Chris, and in race that race, nine, number one, Hatchet. Sorry, in that race, uh, F Troop, twelve to one. Is that any value there? Well, he, look, he did put in a couple of good runs, F Troop, but his last couple have been a bit average. Okay. I did hear Tony Gollan during the week saying they're going back to his old pattern and try and ride him forward on Saturday. So I'm not sure what we'll get with F Troop. But, okay. look, he did put in a good one three starts back, but hasn't gone on with it. So I don't know. He's a bit hard to catch, Heels. Okay. Uh, and uh, race said, nine. Yeah, race nine, number one, Hatchet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, one of mine. Yeah, that's the other one. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, the, just I'll give you one left field at Randwick tomorrow. There's a horse going around in race one called Switzerland, number six. I loved its trials. It is favourite. But I think this might be a nice horse. Owned by Coolmore, cost $1.5 million. Okay. All right. Ooh, well, we've got, uh, go. we've got plenty of fodder there. Hey, uh, just a quick mention, your tip in the uh, Sunshine Coast Cup, Chatty Lady, wanted uh, Kyle Wilson-Taylor going for back-to-back cups. He won at Ballina yesterday. Won the Ballina Cup. I just happened to switch over. He to did, on Without Revenge. <laughs> yeah. And a big win too. Yeah. Ran away he, well, led all the way. Yeah. Yeah, led all the way. Yeah, led all the way. 
All right. Well, we've got plenty uh, plenty to go on with on a big couple of days of racing. Australia Day at Eagle Farm today. I reckon they'll get a big crowd out there for that. Yes, yeah, sure and, and Sunshine Coast Cup yes. Day uh, up on the sunny coast tomorrow. Chris Nelson, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, we've always find value from Barrett. He's going to join us now. He was uh, out at the Gabba with you yesterday, Heels. Did you run into each other? We work together. Ah. Yeah. And yeah. we're in the same commentary box. Ah, right. with SEN, of course. You were yes. crossing paths. Barrett, a very good morning to you. I see just uh, on one of your tweets as well that you've been running into a few of the locals out there at the Gabba. <laughs> oh, as you do and as you should. I think that's <laughs> part of uh, covering a test match at the Gabba. Look, I've always thought I am from the future. So when I was asked that at around uh, 12.30 a.m., uh, don't ask me what I was doing at 12.30 a.m. in those parts. But, um, well, I just told them I was from the future indeed, and they seemed uh, very chuffed to have <laughs> met someone from the future. <laughs> it was a very contrasting outfit yesterday, wasn't it, for you, Barat? And uh, they loved it, eh? You, you had, you know, I, was a geometric uh, shirt and more eclectic pant print. Uh, yes, that's right, Heels. I like that description uh, a lot. Yeah, uh, look, it's like everything, right? Bowling partnerships, batting partnerships. They need to complement each other and not just do the same thing uh, for, for, for the eyes. So I think it worked out well. <laughs> well listen to you, guys talking about Paris Fashion Week earlier and now comparing fashions with, with, with Barat. Yeah, this is uh, modern Asian fashion, <laughs> Barat. Uh, mate, pretty placid wicket at the Gabba yesterday, eh? Yeah, very placid. Uh, Hills, uh, we so as soon as the new ball kind of uh, lost or, or, or the ball lost its uh, hardness and which didn't take too long, um, you could see. I mean, the West Indians, even though they were in big trouble after the lunch break, were driving on the up and uh, uh, more or less didn't look in a lot of trouble. I mean, uh, throughout this summer, we've just gotten so used to and no batter looking uh, from both sides. To be honest, uh, looking like he's got his eye in. Uh, a lot of plays and misses, but we didn't see that after the lunch break. And if anything, I think Australia will pat themselves on the back for having taken those five wickets in the first session uh, to potentially put them in a position where despite the fight back, uh, they would still back them their batters to go really big on this pitch. Yeah, we just heard from uh, Josh De Silva saying that, you know, when they were five for 60-odd, to go to stumps at eight for 266 was, it, it, you know, shows how much fight there is in this tour party. Mm. Uh, well, they've spoken a lot about the fight, and we finally saw it with the bat. Right, we saw no fight from them in Adelaide, except maybe Shamar Joseph, the debutant there. But um, uh, and it's good that uh, Joshua De Silva is still still uh, young, but he's been around. He's played over 20 Test matches, and after the way he got out in Adelaide, playing the hook shot in both innings, uh, I was happy to see him. Uh, yeah, I mean, show some heart, so show some fight. And, um, similarly with Kavim Hodge as well, uh, just playing his second test. He's waited a long time to play test cricket. So you could see that hunger uh, in him. Uh, but I think crucial runs from Azari Joseph as well towards the end. Because uh, if, if they just finished, what, 7 or 8 for 220, it would still have been Australia's day. But considering they pushed this total beyond 260, uh, they've, they've given themselves a fighting chance to stay in the game. Yeah, the game's going to last longer. And 
and give them a chance to learn heaps more. That that was great learning for De Silva, I thought, he, to get a short ball spell bowled at him and to get through it. Mm. He, he, he plays that shot very well in the West Indies, but we all know it's much, much harder to bowl <laughs> sustained short stuff in the West Indies. Oh, exactly, and especially the pitches that these guys have grown up on heels and a lot of test figures they play at home. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I saw it even in the warm-up game at the Karen Dalton Oval, uh, where uh, these two were the ones who got runs. Hodge got 50 and 99, and Joshua De Silva was just promoted to open the batting in the second innings, and he made 100. So, I think that confidence as well uh, would have helped, that once they get their eye in, they can score uh, on these pitches. But it is that extra bounce in Australia that has troubled battles historically. But uh, this West Indian batting lineup in particular, that extra just zip of the pitch, uh, which we didn't see once the pink ball went flat. Uh, mm. I think that's where they were caught napping or they, they fell into trouble uh, in Adelaide where the pitch remained fresh and the ball remained fresh, uh, the red one, last week. What about, it was you, Barat, that um, did write on Kevin Sinclair and and exposed the story uh, in Bobice that I've just talked uh, briefly about. Um, it's good to see him not out overnight. Yeah, and what about that shot he played and held the pose while running down the pitch uh, yeah. of Mitchell Stark? Uh, he does look like someone who enjoys being out uh, there in the middle. He has a big smile on his face as well. I saw him even uh, look up to the heavens after he scored his first test run, just push Nathan Lyon into the covers. But, yeah, I mean, it's a great story. I'm sure Grandpa Carlton would be looking on uh, very proud of his grandson. Uh, and like I said on commentary yesterday, when he walked out to bat, that's pretty much what Kevin Sinclair has done throughout his life, was bat at night uh, with the mango yes. tree bent and with all the lights uh, tucked in. So, uh, no, uh, look, he looked pretty organized and he looked like he belonged at this level. He has played international cricket before, of course. So, uh, hopefully for the West Indies' sake, if he can uh, put on a partnership with Kima Roach. And then we, we all saw what Shamar Joseph can do in Adelaide. He'll come and swing his bat. Australia, will hope, doesn't come off again. Uh, but if it does, if they can push to like 320, 340, I mean, who knows? Uh, I mean, we keep saying this is a flat pitch, but a lot of these Australian batters haven't gone big in a while now, except Usman Khawaja. So uh, they'll be really hungry to do it, but I think the West Indies will still have a chance. Yeah. So Sinclair 16 not out. They gave Valzari Joseph a bit of a send-off last night. The quick sort of target him. I know he, he finished up with 32 of 24 of 22 with seven fours, but he was getting, <laughs> he was coughing a bit of a mouthful as well. <laughs> he certainly was. And it told you uh, about uh, uh, the frustration for the Australians on a hot day, wasn't it? It was muggy and it was balmy. Uh, so they'd been out there running all day long. Uh, and to be treated the way Azari Joseph was treating them, he was just throwing his back, but it was yeah. coming off. I think uh, it didn't go down well with them. But one thing I've learned over the years with Azari Joseph is you're just wasting your breath if you're speaking to him. Uh, he doesn't say much. Uh, and uh, and I've known him for a while, not too well, but uh, when I bumped into him at the Karen Dalton Oval uh, after, what, the, after last summer, uh, his greeting was just, Raising one eyebrow. That's all you get from Azari Joseph. No hello, nothing. Not even a smile, just the raise of one eyebrow. So I think uh, Stark and Hazelwood would not have got much back from him last night. Hey, just very quickly, we appreciate your time because you look like Heels have got a big day. But Stark passed the 350. He needs only a couple more now to reach Dennis Lilly on 355. Uh, it's been a big a big summer for the Australians. Obviously, Nathan Lyons, 500th, Cummins and Hazelwood passing 250. So, yeah, this Australian attack uh, is, is vaunted, isn't it? 
It is. And I think with every performance, as they start taking off these numbers, you realize uh, how special uh, they've been and how lucky Australia has been to have them uh, as a combination. What we saw Hazelwood and Cummins go past uh, uh, two very famous uh, West Indians in uh, Joel Garner and uh, Joel Garner and Michael Holding last week, uh, but yeah, I mean uh, Mitchell Stark got the 350 wicket, but uh, the the mythical figure is that of Dennis Lilly's, isn't it? Like he said, so it'll be a big moment when he does do that in the second innings, or maybe uh, uh, early in the second innings, you would think. Uh, uh, but he, he's just been the uh, master with the pink ball, hasn't he? Uh, uh, and I think we should like start celebrating the the four for the foursome that Australia have a lot more. I'm not saying we haven't already, but uh, it just, it is uh, one of the best we've ever seen in the history of the game. And yeah. they just keep getting better and better. Yeah, mm. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. It's always great to chat to you. Cheers, guys. And I'll see you soon, Hills. Okay, Brad. As he has done brilliantly all week as he ends tennis expert. Must be like you, Hills, I reckon, Brad Phillips, with just sheer exhaustion uh, <laughs> with the hours that they've been working. Brad, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, team. Yeah, home straight. Uh, getting right to the business end, but yeah, it's, it's been a big month. Now, riddle me this. I'm going to talk about the women's in a minute, and there's lots of good storylines out of that. But how come Djokovic is playing his third straight daytime match? He's got to have ticked off on that, surely. No, it's just it's it's, it's as simple as uh, giving everyone the same preparation time. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, so if Demonor hadn't applied Sunday night, that would have changed um, the setup. So I mean, Djokovic played, which feels like an eternity ago yeah. now, Tuesday, yeah. and and obviously um, uh, Medvedev and Medvedev played Wednesday. So yeah, that yeah. makes okay, sense for Djokovic okay. to play first. Right. Yeah. So there's nothing yeah. sinister happening. No. no. no speaking just of the that, way the cards have fallen. Right, yeah. right. Speaking of that, well, he has got sinner this afternoon, one thirty our time, one v four, and then six thirty tonight, three uh, v six. Medvedev and Zverev, and they don't like each other. No, not overly fond of each other. No, um, I've had a bit to say over the years. You know, he throws Sitsi Pass into the mix with. Um, you know, Medvedev and, and Zverev. So yeah, there's a little bit of um, a little bit of spice at the the top end of the men's game, which we uh, which we don't mind. Um, but that no. yeah, tonight you know it's quite quite evenly matched in, in a yeah. lot of ways. Uh, yeah, a bit of history between the pair. They played some uh, good battles, uh, and both have you know had to um, battle through some matches to actually get to this stage. It's been a, a fair bit of time on court, both of them. So you know. I, I, to Neil, probably the slight edge, but not much. I mean, Zverev, I think, is you know getting back to, you know, the the winning form that he had a few years ago. So it should be a should be a cracker. And I think yeah, a lot of questions will be answered about Yank Sinner today. We'll find out a bit about the young man. Uh, yes, he's beaten Djokovic uh, twice, but not in a Grand Slam, not best of five, and not at Melbourne Park. So that's the uh, equation that's in front of him. And, and Novak, I mean, we talk about the scheduling. I mean, it's probably worked out best for him at 36, the oldest uh, player left that he's had. You know, a good couple of days off to really mm. prepare um, after uh, playing in the heat of Tuesday. Uh, all three of them, uh, Medvedev, Zverev and Sinner, are incredible athletes, but they look unlikely athletes, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, you've got Zverev who's, um, you know, he's been an absolute man mountain and, you know, Medvedev, uh, not a lot of meat on the bones like Nothing. Zverev. Uh, and, and Sinner, but they gee, they move well. They're yeah. like big gazelles out there, and 
yeah, done a lot of work uh, physically uh, to get themselves into the position where they can play this sort of grueling best of five at the top of the men's game. Mm. And yeah, there's, there's no shortcuts in that area these days. And yeah, you got yeah. I mean, out of, if I just close my eyes and look at those three, I mean, yeah, Sinner's uh, probably the most beautiful to watch you know, aesthetically. He's got beautiful timing and. Uh, hits the ball uh, extremely well and just sort of glides uh, through the court like he would if he was on the slopes if he had gone down yes. another path of uh, skiing. And, uh. yeah, the other two, uh, they've all got you know, great qualities. I mean, this very situation is interesting if he goes on to win it with all, everything going on around yeah. him. I mean, ben Rothenberg is obviously um, you know, really big uh, against uh, Zverev, a leading New York uh, Times journalist. Uh, where that court case will go, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, it should be a, a couple of crackers today. Yeah, there were just unsubtle hints everywhere that uh, there'd be quite a few officials in tennis hoping that Medvedev wins tonight to uh, uh, not sure. have to worry about the Zverev and domestic violence allegations. And we stipulate that they are allegations. Um, yep. That you know, if that carries on to the build-up to a big men's final, hey, look, I, I know um, uh, News Limited today put out just a, an interesting little graph between the two, uh, Sinner and Djokovic. So, uh, thirty-six and twenty-two, their age, a massive difference there. Ranking one, four, ninety-eight titles to ten, twenty-four Grand Slam titles to uh, Wimbledon semi-finalists. Uh, Sinner's best, uh, ten Australian Opens to uh, semi-finalists. His best. 24 Grand Slam titles to nil. I mean, heavily weighted in the Joker's favour, isn't it? Oh, no doubt. And, uh, you know, you, you're going as a red-hot favourite. It's on uh, his racket in a lot of ways. Uh, how's Sinner going to attack this? I mean, they've had a couple of days to prepare. Um, you know, he's just got to play his game. He's played it so well. Uh, but, you know, Novak doesn't always allow you to obviously execute the game you want to uh, display and have on your terms. So, yeah, I think we'll just, you know, we'll just find out a bit about Yannick Sinner and, in a five-setter, but I think as I've said maybe once or twice this week, I, I feel like there's a Grand Slam final awaiting sinner at some point in 2024. All right, let's check the women. Savalenka saw off golf, which was, would have been worthy of a final. Uh, seven six six four, some big, big hitting in that match. Oh, yeah, look, it was it was uh, it was shifting uh, every couple of games. I mean, you know, Savalenka makes an early statement, gets out two love, then she's broken and. Coco's back right in the contest. Sabalenka regains control. You know, once you took that first set tie break, you just felt, you know, this could be really tough for Coco to come back from. But look, what impressed me about Sabalenka last night, because this was the first time she was seriously challenged in the tournament, is that she came through with uh, flying colours. And the amount of time she got to the net last night, it was uh, mm. phenomenal. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously that's been added to her game, like all players. You, you know, if you're going to, you know, stay up around the top. You've got to have variety and you've got to be able to mix things up. And she's an intimidating sight when she's coming at you. She's not the most natural, comfortable volleyer. That's still a work in progress. Um, but, you know, she was able to, um, you know, really, uh, really pose some issues for Coco Goff, who had to find ways to get past her. I mean, you know, I just couldn't believe how many times she was doing that last night. And eight double faults, mm. you know, for Goff. Um, you know, when, when you're peeling apart, the numbers didn't, didn't help the cause giving away points like that last night. When Chinese eyeballs are back on uh, on tennis, yes, yeah, ironic, isn't it? You know, like, yeah, ten years after Lee Nair, I mean, we have another Chinese player who could, you know, certainly go on and what and do what Lee's done, and that's win Grand Slams. So um, you can just you can feel it sometimes when you watch enough tennis and you see enough players come through the system. There's the ones that just 
just stand out, been able to handle the pressure moments of a match and they've got this sort of glint in their eye. They, they seem like they're built for the big occasion. And Shin Wen Zhang is, uh, I think, one of those uh, players. And, you know, she'll take it right up to Sabalenka, no doubt. Um, you know, she was a bit of a deer in the headlights at the US Open in the quarters that last year. She's come a long way since then. And, uh, yeah, great moment for her. And if it doesn't happen here, like it doesn't happen for Sinner and we go status quo there, her moment is going to come, you know, at some point, I think. There's yeah, a beautiful photo on socials at the moment with Zhang as a kid watching Li Na winning, uh, just glued to the television when Li Na won in 2010. And Li Na's there, isn't she? They're celebrating 10 years. Yeah, I've been watching her play the uh, the Legends uh, doubles, uh, Pat, and she still uh, still strikes a good ball. They're still competitive, the Legends. They don't like to lose. They might have lost a yard or two, but they're still, uh, uh, still competitive as ever. Uh, so, yeah, she's inspired, you know, that next wave of Chinese players to uh, follow her path, and there's a, yeah, a bit of a crop of them now. Yeah, um, nice gesture. To, is it today, Brett, uh, Yvonne Gulagong and call, Yvonne Gulagong and Hawley? Um, it's, it's her day at the AO? No, well, she was on it last night on Rod Laver Arena. So yes. there was a little uh, presentation about, um, uh, of course, her 50 years since she won her first Australian Open. Right, eh? uh, would have been Kuyong then in 1974. But uh, in 2025, yeah, First Nations Day as part of the AO will be renamed Yvonne Gulagong Corley Day. So, uh, okay. yeah, it's a big, big honour for her. And, you know, yeah, 50 years on it. She's obviously front and centre, along with a lot of the other legends at the AO this year. She may even present the cup on the weekend, potentially to the winner, I'd suggest. Um, so, yeah, it's. I mean, she's just part of the fabric, isn't yes. she? Uh, the, work she, the work she does with that National Indigenous Carnival that's held every year in Darwin is uh, phenomenal. I mean, that's almost an even bigger legacy in her tennis career, inspiring those young Indigenous kids to take up sport and and, you know, lead a really healthy life. Yeah. I think it's rubbed off on Ash Barty too. So the synergy between Barty and Yvonne yeah. is similar to Lena and, and Jean. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, hopefully hopefully that keeps going. Yvonne sitting beside Billie Jean King last night. I mean, there's two. God. Hey, who's the biggest star you've spotted there? Well, I, I mean, Elle McPherson in the crowd last oh, night. Oh, I uh, saw Elle, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I just think back you know, through my – um, I know life. where you're going here. Phase. I know where you're going. <laughs> no, no, I just, you know, you go through the phase of your life and you think someone was there, then you see them like 20 years later. Oh, yeah, I remember that person. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're still relevant. And, I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, I, no, that's outside of all the great tennis legends. There's a lot of uh, the celebrities in the crowd and uh, who, who love getting along to the tennis. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's some people who have got a bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of an aura about them, haven't they, when they walk into a room and she's... Uh, she's yeah, one she's of them. Okay. Uh, Sharon was there the other night. You would have seen her. Sharon Gadecki. Sharon Gadecki. You know, for, uh, I'm open oh. if you need. I'm open <laughs> if you need. You know, <laughs> Magna <laughs> Zabansky. Zabansky. She, yeah, she was right yeah. into it. She was oh. right into her tennis. She, uh, she loves her tennis. Rebel yeah. Wilson, she loves her yeah, tennis. Yeah, she was there the same That's night. That's right, yeah. yeah. Hey, and speaking yeah. of dropping names, Matty Ebden, who's into the doubles final... <laughs> With the 43-year-old yes. Rowan Bapana, it's a great... But apparently Bapana is great mates with Sachin Tengulka. And Matty Ebden's just yep. piped up at the press conference and said, well, when you two are dining next, I'm coming. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, it's a great story. And, yeah, we never should forget the doubles, absolutely. And, you know, third year in a row, we had uh, Kokonakis, Kyrgios, Kubla, Hitchi Carter last year, another Aussie uh, into the doubles final. John Pierce won a few years ago. So, yeah, this tournament has um, been good for the Australians and... 
Yeah, 36. I mean, the back end of his career is is really flourishing. When he when he decided just to play doubles, you know, Wimbledon could be an Australian Open winner, a US Open final. Uh, you know, he's going to be up there in the, the, the top two players in the world. And yeah, Rohan, I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of days ago. There's something in the in the water in India of uh, <laughs> doubles players from India playing well into their 40s. Yeah. And I tell you, if they can unearth some singles players, the ATP and the WTA, then it's a market really that is untapped as far as tennis is concerned. All right. All right. Well, we're heading for a big night of semifinals in the men's. Uh, the Joker and Sinner, Medvedev and Zerevon tonight. And, of course, uh, the women's final, Sabalenka and Zheng, uh, tomorrow night and then the men's final. Will you be right on Monday? Do you think you can spare us a little bit of time on Monday? I'll be cherry right, ready to go. I'll be excited because uh, we'll be leading into the first serve, of course, uh, back uh, Monday night, right across the SEN network for another year. I think our 16th year of doing the first serve on SEN. So, yeah, can't wait. Uh, yeah, there'll be no rest, uh, Pat. We just roll straight in with tennis. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. <laughs> and you've been going. sensational to us all week. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. No, pleasure. Thank you, team.